Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Happy Resurrection Sunday, everyone. I'm so glad you're with us. I am so excited to preach about the resurrection of Jesus this morning. And I wish that we could be together in person, worshiping and celebrating the resurrection. But we're going to make the most of it. We're still together virtually online, and we're going to celebrate Jesus and his resurrection. You know, the author, Barbara Johnson, once wrote that we're an Easter people living in a Good Friday world. Now, of course, Good Friday is the day we commemorate Christ's suffering and his death on the cross. And in many ways, Good Friday portrays the broken, sin-torn world that we live in. Good Friday is a day when we come face to face with the brokenness that our own sin caused. And if there was ever a time to remind us that we live in a Good Friday world, it was this past year, right? I have to say that this may have been the lentiest Lent I've ever lented. It's been a rough year, and um, I've so missed being with friends and, and feeling connected to my neighbors. I've missed vacationing and getting away and seeing family. I get to see my parents today for the first time in over a year. I haven't seen them since January of 2020. And now that they're fully vaccinated, we're gonna get together today for lunch. Hopefully I'll recognize them. I also haven't been able to gather in person for worship with, with all, all of you guys. And, and as a pastor, that has just been brutal. And of course, there's all the political turmoil this past year, the economic upheaval, racial injustice, sickness and, and deaths caused by COVID, educational barriers for our kids and for our students, a, a huge increase in domestic abuse and addiction. This past year, more than any that I can remember, reminds me of just how dark our Good Friday world feels at times. But that's also what makes today so special. Because even though we live in a Good Friday world, the resurrection of Jesus makes it possible for us to become an Easter people. So what does it mean to be an Easter people? Well, an Easter people are a people who've begun to put their faith and trust in Jesus and are constantly being shaped and formed by God. And Easter people are a people who believe that because of the resurrection of Jesus, everything has changed. That when Jesus rose from the dead to defeat sin and death once and for all, we were reconciled with God. And all of creation was rescued and redeemed. And so the resurrection was God's declaration that he's making all things new. And so we, as an Easter people, get to be part of that. We get to be part of his redemptive and restorative plan. Very exciting stuff, and it's worth celebrating today, right? But because God's restorative plan hasn't been fully implemented yet, 
and it won't be until Jesus returns, we continue to live in this broken, sin-torn, Good Friday world. And so we celebrate today, we worship together today because we hold on to the resurrection of Jesus with hope that he's gonna finish what he started. Amen? And so this morning, we're gonna look at a resurrection story from the Gospel of John where we find a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene and she's on her way to the tomb where Jesus was buried after his crucifixion. And if there's ever been anyone who knew what it was like to live in a Good Friday world, it was Mary Magdalene because she was a first-hand witness of the horrific crucifixion of her friend Jesus on the very first Good Friday. In fact, we're told in John's gospel that she was one of the very few who stayed at the cross while Jesus breathed his final breath. And although scripture doesn't record for us what Mary went through that Good Friday and the weekend that followed, we can imagine how dark it all felt to her. Because not only was she reeling from the disappointment of of Jesus' movement being pulled apart, she was grieving the loss of her friend. And on top of that, she's dealing with all the trauma of watching Roman soldiers inflict the worst pain imaginable on him. And, And the whole time, others around her are looking on Jesus and they're mocking him while he hangs on the cross. So she knew what it was like to live in a Good Friday world. And so before we read the biblical account of Mary Magdalene at the tomb on Easter morning, I want to invite you to imagine what she was feeling that weekend. I couldn't sleep all night. To be truthful, I have been crying off and on since Friday. I just can't get that scene out of my head. My Jesus suffering and dying on the cross. Jesus. He was so full of grace and forgiveness. You could see it, know it. Every time you saw his face, every time he looked you in the eyes and spoke your name, and to see his face slowly lose its color and then its life, I will never forget that image. It was like I was transfixed. I couldn't move. I think I was the last one to finally leave. All the men had left long before. And now I have to go to the tomb. For him. To be with him. Somehow I must protect him. At least protect his body. Bring perfumes. Show him honor. I need to be the first one to get there before the sun comes up again. John 20. Early on Sunday morning, it was still dark and Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone has been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said they have been taken from the, taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put put him. 
Kalia, thank you for reading that passage for us. And so here in these verses, we find that Mary is heading to Jesus' tomb to prepare Jesus' body for burial. And John, in his gospel account, makes it a point to let us know that when Mary arrives at the tomb, it was still dark. He tells us early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away. Isn't it interesting that Jesus' resurrection happened while it was still dark? See, I think most of us, when we imagine the resurrection, most of us don't imagine it happening under darkness. When we imagine the resurrection, we imagine the sun cresting over the hills with cascading beams of heavenly light shining down on the tomb and illuminating the stone that was rolled away. But John in his gospel tells us, no, that is not how it happened. The resurrection happened while it was still dark. And I think that's a significant detail for you and I, as we ourselves approach the tomb, approach the resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because living in a Good Friday world often feels dark, doesn't it? And oftentimes, the darkness in our lives and in the world around us, it makes us believe that we're too far removed from the resurrection and the life Jesus gives. That we just aren't in the same place. But what the resurrection story does is it assures us that darkness doesn't disqualify us from meeting Jesus and becoming an Easter people. In fact, I'll say this, in a strange way, when we're surrounded by darkness, when, when we're enveloped and buried in despair, we've never been so close to the very first Easter Sunday because Mary was in that same place. Because the resurrection happened while it was still dark. <laughs> See, Jesus didn't wait for the sun to come up. He didn't wait for Mary's grief to dissipate. He didn't wait for her to pull herself together or get, get her act together. He came and met Mary right smack dab in the middle of her darkest hour because that's what the resurrected Jesus does. See, we might live in a Good Friday world, but Jesus rose from the grave to make us an Easter people. Let's keep reading this passage. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been laying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Thank you, Ren. So here in this passage, we find Mary is, is so distraught 
that she's unable to see the miracle that's happening in front of her. She has experienced so much heartache and loss. She's gone through so much trauma that even two angels dressed in white can't snap her out of it. All she can see is her heartache and sorrow because her, her Good Friday world has blinded her. It's blinded her to the point where she doesn't recognize that she is witnessing the biggest redemptive act in all of human history. And isn't that what despair does? Despair has a way of blinding us. It has a way of, of putting blinders in our eyes where we can't even recognize that God is with us, that God is present. And we're told in this passage that in her despair, she turns to leave the tomb and she sees Jesus. She comes face to face with Jesus, but she mistakes him for a gardener. So, so Jesus, it, the resurrected Jesus, is standing there right in front of her, looking at her eye to eye. But in her Good Friday world, it's just too dark to recognize him, to see him for who he really is. I wonder if you've ever been there. Have you ever just felt so fatigued, discouraged, maybe traumatized by life that you couldn't see God even if he was standing right in front of you? See, I think that we've all been there, myself included many times. But thankfully, our own inability to see Jesus doesn't prevent Jesus from seeing us. Let's keep reading this passage. Mary, Jesus said, she turned toward him and cried out, Ramboni, don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet assented to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am assenting to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went, found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. Thank you for reading that for us, Mia. And so here, Mary is having a conversation with the resurrected Jesus. She mistakes him for the gardener. She, she doesn't know, she can't see him for who he really is. And Jesus calls her by her name, Mary, he says. And it's the sound of her name that awakens her out of her slumber. So what sight couldn't do, hearing accomplishes. She recognizes, we're told, she recognizes his voice. And it's in that instant when she hears Jesus say her name that the darkness dissipates and turns to light. Her eyes are open. She finally sees that God is with her, that he's present, that Jesus is right there in her midst. And, and we're reminded of what Jesus once said to his disciples, that my sheep know my voice. And so when Mary has this revelation, when her eyes are open, when she starts to see Jesus for who he really is, she goes to cling to him. But Jesus tells Mary, no, I, you can't do that. You have work to do and I've got to go ascend to my father. And so Jesus instead tells Mary to find the disciples. He tells her, Mary, go find the disciples. Tell them I'm alive. And then he says something specific to her. He tells Mary to find the disciples and tell them, I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God 
and your God. Now, in the Gospel of John, Jesus refers to God the Father 120 times. And yet this is the first and the only time in John's Gospel where Jesus refers to God as someone else's father. Because to this point in John's Gospel, Jesus had only spoken of God being his father or the father. But now, after the resurrection, he tells Mary to go find the disciples and tell, the, tell them that God is their father too. He's your father now. In other words, you've been adopted into the family. You are joint heirs with me. And so Mary Magdalene is sent out to preach the very first Easter sermon ever. To proclaim that, that sin and death have been defeated once and for all. That Good Friday doesn't get the last word because Jesus is alive. And then Jesus gives Mary the privilege of welcoming the disciples into the family of God. Of letting them know that they're now an Easter people. Can you believe it? I almost missed him. It was like I couldn't see straight. First I had come to the tomb and the stone was gone. Panic. The body had been stolen. I must have come too late. I failed him. I ran and told Peter and the beloved disciple. My body was shaking. My eyes kept tearing up. I finally broke down outside the tomb. I just wanted to find the body. And then, and then, who I thought was the gardener, speaking to me, asking questions. It was my name. He spoke my name. Mary. And I knew, right in that instant, I knew. It was Jesus. I saw my Lord. He told me not to hold on to him, and now I don't need to. I feel so free. I can let him go because I saw him. I am going to tell everyone I know. You know, one of the things that I love about this resurrection story with Mary Magdalene is how closely it mirrors our own story. How there are many times in our lives when we're surrounded by darkness, not only in the world, but just in our own heart, our darkness and sin and despair. And there are times when we can't even recognize God with us. We can't see Jesus for who he really is. And yet that doesn't stop him from finding and seeing us. And so maybe you're here with us this morning and you resonate with Mary Magdalene's story because you two have, have met your fair share of darkness and despair. And maybe you're here this morning and you're ready for the first time to begin putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you want to be part of God's family. You want to be an Easter people. Someone who, who holds on to the hope that God is making all things new. 
someone who is shaped and informed by Jesus, someone who wants to participate in God's redemptive plan. Well, I want to pray for you this morning. And then maybe there's others of you here today who've already begun putting your faith and trust in Jesus. You, you already believe in what Jesus accomplished at the cross and through the resurrection, but you haven't yet fully leaned in to your resurrection calling, to your Easter calling. You, you haven't been living out your Easter hope because faith has, has become a mental exercise instead of an active transformative one. I want to pray for you this morning too. So let's pray. Let's pray together. Jesus, as we take time to reflect on the resurrection, we confess that, that we do live in this Good Friday world. We're surrounded by darkness, not only out in the world, but in our own hearts and lives our own sin, our own darkness, our own brokenness. And Lord, we're so thankful for what you accomplished for us on the cross, that we can put our faith in you and that you cleanse us and you forgive us and you restore us and you redeem us and you reconcile us. God, we're so thankful for that. So Jesus, we come to you right now and we also confess that there's times when we can't see you in our midst. We can't see you for who you really are. But God, we're also so grateful that that doesn't stop you from seeing and finding us and calling our name. And so this morning, Jesus, I pray for all my friends who, for the very first time, want to begin putting their faith and trust in you. And I pray, Jesus, that you would call them by their name, that their eyes would be open, that they would begin to see you for who you really are, God, that you would welcome them into your family, make them an Easter people. Lord, I also pray for all my friends who, who maybe they're already believers. Maybe they've already begun putting their faith and trust in Jesus, but they haven't been leaning fully into the resurrection story. They haven't been leaning into their Easter calling. God, I pray that you would call their name. God, that their eyes would be open, that they would see you for who you really are, that they would hear you call their name and the invitation that you give to be part of your family, to go out into the world and, and join in your redemptive, restorative plan. God, I thank you so much for that invitation. Uh, we're so unworthy of it, and yet you, you give it to us. And so we receive it this morning, and we celebrate, we rejoice in what the resurrection has provided for us. Because even though we live in a Good Friday world, the resurrection of Jesus makes it possible for us to become an Easter people. And so, Lord, we respond to that right now in faith, and it's only by your grace, Lord. And we ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, 
and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.